back in our series we've been on for a short time, entitled The Spirit of Truth. And how many enjoyed Mary Hudson this last weekend? Great. Amen. Sunday morning, and then I've just heard all good reports for Sunday, from Sunday night. It was great, great ministry and strong anointing on her life. And I believe, I mean, it was, a, it was right to have her. It was very, very much right to have her. And she preached, I mean, she probably touched on most of the things that we've preached this year in this church, just touched on those. And, that, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. Um, and praying for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit on Sunday morning. And I heard a number of people were baptized in the Holy Spirit on Sunday night. So just a really good time with her. And so tonight, um, I've already had this scheduled in, in this series to do. Or, or, uh, and, and I really felt like the Lord spoke to me not to change it, to, to do it. But we're going to talk tonight. Uh, I think I told you maybe the last time that we that we ministered on this last Wednesday we had worship night, um, but I think I told you we were going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> and I've told you that the teaching on this is vital, and it's it it is it is vital that you understand what I'm going to share with you tonight, and you need to be able. To share this with other people. You, you need to be convinced that there are two separate experiences of the Holy Spirit and, and there is salvation and there is the, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying into the tongues. You, you need to believe it. And tonight we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But <clears throat> when when, when Jesus opened the door for us to be saved from the direction that we were going, what we were, what we were saved to was where we were before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Spirit of God in us, not the Spirit of God just on us or around us. And so what Jesus paved the way for was for us to be born again. And the fact that we are born again, the Bible's, and what I'm going to share with you tonight, the Bible clearly shows us that there is more than just being born again. Everybody say more. I'm telling you, I'm saying, I'm saying this about myself, I need more. I've been saved for 40 plus years, been baptized in the Holy Spirit the majority of those years that I was saved. And I'm telling you today, I've prayed in the Spirit for however many years, at least 40 years, maybe a little bit longer. I've prayed in the Spirit, but I'm telling you, I need more. I need more. And the Bible's clear, and I'm going to read a verse tonight that, that says that, that there's a number of verses that talk about not just being filled one time, but being, be being filled, continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. As you give out, that you fill yourself back up. And the Holy Spirit will not fill you up. When 
and especially today, when you drive up to a gas station, is there ever anybody anymore there to fill you up? No? I mean, not very many. Maybe, maybe there's a couple here and there. I don't know. But if you, if you go and sit at that gas pump and you just sit there expecting for your car to get filled up, it's not going to get filled up. You got to get out of the car, get the nozzle, stick it in the hole and pay for it and turn it on and let the car fill up. Amen? And you've got to do the same thing in your walk with God. Same thing in your relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit. You've got to continually be filled up. Everybody say more. We need more. Amen? If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I promise you there's more. If you have, I'm telling you there's more. So tonight, when we lay hands on people, uh, under the direction of the, of the Holy Spirit and out of the direction of the Word, when we lay hands on people, if you've been prayed for, if you pray in other tongues and you're desiring more, you come stand up here, we'll pray for you. You say amen? And that's scriptural. You can do that. It's scriptural. So I'm just going to go through scripture tonight and just kind of follow along with me. Um, John 14 is our, our foundational passage, and I'm just going to read uh, starting with verse 15. And he said, in, in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father, he, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells within you. Everybody say within. We're going to talk tonight about the spirit of God within us and the spirit of God upon us. Spirit of God within us and the Spirit of God upon us. But we see from this verse of Scripture, and just remember this, the world doesn't know Him. If you're not born again, you do not know God. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how many books there are out there. You know, all roads lead to heaven. If you're not born again, you don't know God. And he said, but that's not you because He dwells in you. Now, if you're sitting here tonight and you're not born again, you're in a great place. Just listen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in here like, uh, we're not here that this is some exclusive teaching for people that are born again. This is a teaching for anybody. Amen? Everybody was created in the image of God. Every human being was created by God, you know, to do and accomplish things in the earth. We just have to make the choice. I made the choice when I was about 18 years old to accept him into my, to my life and into my heart. I made that choice. If you're born again today, because somewhere you made the choice. So if, so if you made that choice, then he's in you. Say, he's in me. Okay. Mark 16 and verse 15. This is Mark's account of the Great Commission, different than Matthew's account in Matthew 28. This is the last chapter of Mark in the 15th verse. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will, not, uh, will be condemned. So it kind of matters what you believe, right? Does it matter? Yeah, in, in, in what we're talking about tonight, it matters what you believe. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will, what? Speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it, it will not 
in my no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Listen to me. What he's saying is this. In the Great Commission, it was this. That if you're born again, and God is inside of you, these signs will follow you. Now, I mean, it can be up for debate, but I don't know about you, but when I read something that Jesus said, the head of the church, I kind of, oh well, he said it, even if my head doesn't agree with it, even if I'm struggling to understand it, I'm going to believe it because he said it, right? And that's what he said right here. He said that these signs will follow. If you're a believer, if God is inside of you, if you've accepted Jesus, what, what does the Bible say? That, that to, to be saved is to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and make that confession, Jesus, come and live in my heart. That's it. It's not any more difficult than that right there. You and I need to believe this. You know, these are things right here that if you've been around here for a long time, for any period of time, you've heard these teachings, you've heard these verses of Scripture. I'm telling you, you don't know them like you need to know them. I don't know them like I need to know them. I'm ever increasing with them. But you need to know them in a way that you can share these with other people. If you're born again, God is within you, if you're born again. That, that is a major advantage over everybody that lived on planet earth from the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They died, but they didn't die physically. Hundreds of years later, they died physically, but they died spiritually at that moment. And when Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended at the right hand of the Father and he said it's finished, he gave us back the way God created us to be in the garden. God within us. Say it, God is in me. So we're we're talking about tonight um, God in us, God on us. In Luke 24, in the 49th verse, it says this. Jesus, after he had been raised from the dead, I want you to notice these next two passages of Scripture because they're vital. And it's vital that you take this and you meditate on it and you make it your own, that you really believe this. Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise. Jesus has been raised from the dead before he ascended. I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the Great Commission was for them to go and preach to all the nations, but he told them first, first, I want you to tarry because you need something more than what you're going to see that John gave us account of in John 20. Look at that with me. John 20 and verse 20. So Luke 24, 49 said he talked about being clothed with or endued with power from on high upon us, but in Luke 20 and verse 20, he said this, when he had said this, he showed his disciples his hands and his side. This is after he had been resurrected. So Luke's account is after he was resurrected, before he ascended upon high, and now this is John's account. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. 
As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to do this to my wife because I don't know, my breath may not be real, real good, but so she, she can handle my, you know. I, I know it's good because I had two mints before I. So, so here's Jesus with his disciples. And I don't know what it looked like, and I don't know what happened, but I don't think it was, a, eh, whatever that was, kind of a deal. He breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. What was that? That right there in John 20 is the first account of salvation. Look at this verse in Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Air, wind, breath. Jesus breathed on the disciples and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. And there is our first account of salvation. Why? I want you to think about this. I want you to get this down in your spirit. Why did that have to happen? Because in the same breath, from a different account, he's saying, now I want you to go to Jerusalem for a number of days and you're going to tarry there until you receive something else. Not another spirit. But to be endued with power, well, you can't be endued with power, and you're going to see that through the scriptures I'm fixing to read here. You cannot be endued with power if you don't already have the power inside of you. So if you're born again, then you're in position. You can be born again one second, and you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost the next. Doesn't have to take long periods of time. However long it takes or whenever it is that somebody's ready to receive, that's when they receive. But you must be born again first. They were born again when Jesus breathed on them and he said, go tarry. Now, in Acts chapter 2, I want you to see what happened here. And, and, and what happened in Acts chapter 2 was the new era of the Holy Spirit. What had been stolen from man in the garden was now coming back in its fullness, in the fullness of, of, of the power that was there in the garden that Adam and Eve were just too clueless to understand what they had and they gave it away. God didn't take it back. Actually, what he had given to them never changed. But for 4,000 years, his desire was to get where his spirit was back inside of man because that's the way he created man to operate. You look through the Old Testament, there's a lot of 
shady people in the Old Testament. Why? Because they were operating without the mechanism on the inside that created them to do what they were supposed to do. Now Jesus Christ has brought it back, and now here we are on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and it says, when the day in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a a wind, breath of life, the breath of heaven, the wind of heaven, like a mighty rushing wind came from where? From heaven. It was the life of God coming into the room. He said, I want you to tarry there to receive the power you need, the empowerment that I created you to have. Remember, he created everything first, and then he created man. So we, the power for man was already there and created. Everything that we would ever need in life was already created before we were created. It's not like we're trying to catch up. If we believe the things I'm talking to you about tonight, if we believe in the person of the Holy Spirit and understand who He is in us, there's not anything we can't have or do on the planet. Not anything. Was Jesus limited in anything that He did? Uh, yeah, he was limited, but he wasn't limited in ability and power. He was limited because of the unbelief of people. That was his only limitation is where people didn't believe. He wasn't limited in power. I'm telling you today, we're not limited in power and ability to do anything or accomplish anything, but it takes this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it says, they were endued... <clears throat> It says, then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and how did they come on him? They sat upon him. God sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to read down a little bit farther in, in chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocked them and said, they are full of new wine. They're drunk, in other words. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, and he said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I will pour out onto Pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. He he said in in Luke twenty four forty nine, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Till you were endued with power, but when he said that in Luke's account, he had already breathed on them, and they were already born again. Now you need something else. So to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the only requirement is, is that you're born again, and that you choose to receive that as being real, because it was real right here. The early church started with it, and it's now for us the same way. 
Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> so I just want to look at, just real quickly, I want to look at a number of accounts in Scripture that show us how this is true. And you'll just see it. I mean, it's, it's so black and white in Scripture, you have to work at it to miss it. You have to work really hard to miss it. Acts chapter 8, let's look at it. Everybody say, I need more. more. We need more. I, I promise you, you need more than what you have today. You need more. We need to be in a state of constantly believing that we need more all the time. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. But when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and of the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized, so they were saved. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, in other words, they had received Jesus inside of them, they sent Peter and John to them who when they had come down to pray for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands of the apostles, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Peter gave him a working over about that. There's only one way to receive it. You've got to believe it. But notice what happened is that they had been born again, but the Holy Spirit who they had received internally had not come upon them. There's the Holy Spirit within us, and there's the Holy Spirit that is upon us. You can see the difference there. And they believed and were baptized first, and then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And how did he know that they had received the Holy Ghost? Because they prayed in other tongues. Look what happened at Cornelius' house, who was the first Gentile to receive uh, Jesus as Savior. And I mean, it, it stirred up all kinds of issues amongst the, the Jewish Christians. And they thought, you know, how could this happen? Because God said it would. And, um, and just jumping ahead, so... Peter had preached to them, they had gotten saved, and then in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were already born again at this point. Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water for these should, these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? They should be baptized. So they had gotten born again, didn't have time to water baptize them, but then they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. Then look at Acts 19. <clears throat> And verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, now, Ephesus were 
tongue-talking believers by this time. The church at Ephesus, they were people that prayed in the Spirit. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. But see, when they believed, they were born again. When they believed that what, Je- what happened with Jesus was true, they were born again. Then they said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Well, we didn't understand that. They, 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 they said, well, how were you baptized? Or how, yeah, how were you baptized? We were baptized in John's baptism, which was a baptism of repentance. Um, and Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who came after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized now in the name of the Lord Jesus. So if they weren't saved before, and they were just baptized under John's baptism, now they were saved. Because now they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? And when Paul laid his hands on them, after they were baptized, after they were saved, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. And the men were there were about 12. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied after Paul laid his hands on them. So who can lay their hands on somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you notice, every one of these situations where people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, somebody laid hands on them. They, they touched them. They laid hands on them. I, I, I've always felt like if you're praying for somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you ha- it, it's, it's, I'm not saying somebody can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit if somebody doesn't lay hands, but I believe it's scriptural to do that and to release something because I'm going to show you in Scripture here that what comes on you is a result of what is inside of you. See, otherwise then it's two different spirits. What comes on you when someone lays hands on you, what comes on you is a result of what is inside of you. Watch this. Follow with me a couple more verses. <clears throat> well, before I say that, I, I want to look at, I want to go back to Acts 2 4, the fourth verse in Acts 2. And I, and I want to I, I want to make this point to everybody that's here. And, and I'll just tell you this I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I finally got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, a number of years later, I, somebody laid hands on me and I received more because I, understand, I understood it. Somebody taught on it like I'm doing tonight. And I understood it more clearly. And it was this verse of Scripture that, and, and what they said, I'm just saying exactly like they said to me years ago. I'm saying this to you. And you have to understand this or there'll be a block in your mind about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you don't understand what I'm going to say in, in Acts 2.4. And he said this, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Who began to speak? They. They who? They, you and me. Whoever, the people. It wasn't the Holy Spirit speaking it was they speaking. 
And so when, you, when someone lays hands on you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have to start speaking. And then when you start speaking, it says, and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What comes on you as a result of what's in you releases something in in you for you to be able to say things. You're not waiting for the Holy Spirit to give you, you know, 15 different words and then you're going to say something. No, He comes on what you're saying and He overtakes you. And he gives you the utterance in the midst of what you're saying. So, I'm, I'm going to say it before I read these last two passages. I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray in the Spirit for a moment, and then I'm going to say something about how I'm praying in the Spirit. This is another tongue. It's not a tongue that I, that I learned. It's not, I didn't go to school to learn how to speak tongue. Right? Or to speak whatever it is that I'm speaking. I've had, I've had two people tell me they interpreted my tongue and said that and, and one day I was in a hotel room here, some, uh, some brothers from Pakistan were here, and some mi- a mighty work of God is going on in Pakistan right now like, like the world has never seen, and the news isn't telling you anything about what's happening in Pakistan right now. Two of the guys that are leading that whole thing, I was in a hotel room with. I get chills when I think about it. I begin to pray in other tongues just my prayer language, and all of a sudden, there was an increase of, of what I was praying. There were, there were different words. I began to prophesy. He said we would speak with other tongues and prophesy. As I began to prophesy, they began to interpret what I was saying. What I was saying was in, their, it, it was in a language that they knew. That's never, that, that, that was one time that's happened to me. never happened before or after, but it happened that day. And they told me exactly what it was I was saying. These, these, are, these are tongues, you know, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard a person say this before, that they believe that these new tongues were kind of like, you know, a person gets saved and then they clean up their language. You know, if they cuss before, then they're not going to cuss anymore or something, so they have a new tongue. You ever heard anybody think that or say that? I've heard people say that before, that they think that. That's not what this is. This is something that is a, it, it's a known tongue to God that you and I were not taught. And so I have to purpose to begin to speak out. You may be saying something in English and all of a sudden, as the Lord gives you utterance, as he releases you to say other things, he'll come on what you're saying and overtake that and you start saying things. That's the best way I can understand it. When I first started praying in other tongues... I heard someone else praying something, and I started, I heard somebody say something, and there was a word out of this, what this guy was praying that was teaching this, that I started saying one of the words he was saying. And when I did that, 
boom, I started, I, I, it started flowing. I, I don't know why I did that. It doesn't mean you have to do that. If you're being prayed for, that you have to listen to. If you come up here and I'm laying hands on you and I'm praying in other tongues and you hear me say something, you don't have to copy something that I'm saying, but you might take a piece of what I'm saying and you start saying that, but God will give you utterance that will take over in you. You'll know it. It's not going to take over your tongue. It's going to take over you. You're going to begin to say things that in the natural, beyond your understanding, you would never say in the natural. See, the help that we need, you know, in in, uh, Romans chapter 8, where it says, when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit gives us the utterance. It gives us what we need to know how to pray. That's what you need to be able to go beyond your understanding and pray for things that in the natural you would not know how to pray about. See things happen in your life and have answers for things that you would not know anything about. And, and if you don't develop this personally, if you do this one time and you do nothing else with it, you're not going to just wake up one day and God takes over your life and makes you pray in other tongues. You have to do it. They had to do it in Acts 2-4. You and I have to do it today, whoever we pray for today. I promise you, I, I've, like, I, I don't know, maybe at least six different times in my 40-plus years of salvation and being baptized in the Holy Ghost, my prayer language has increased at least a half a dozen times. And, and I, I, have, I need more today, and I'm expecting it tonight. Even as I lay hands on you, I'm expecting more to come out of me as I'm laying hands. Now, I want to read these last two passages, and then we're going to pray. John chapter 4 and verse 13. Look what Jesus said here. This I'm going to drive my point home about about the Holy Spirit coming on you as a result of what's in you. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, this is the story of the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him, it will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. See, it has to come out of the Spirit of God that's in you. But the Spirit of God that is in you is going to come on you and empower you to do things that you would have never done. Many people that are born again don't have the the manifestation of the Spirit of God upon them. They have it internal. And you know what? I know a lot of born-again people. I know, not a lot, but a number of born-again people that are saved and not baptized in the Holy Spirit and very consecrated people love God. I mean, in, in, in a lot of cases, more consecrated to the things of God than people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know what? It shouldn't be that way. But I've seen it that way at different times. Why? Because they've been serious about doing what they know to do. And they're walking in the light that they have. The more light that we get as a result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues, the more light that we get, the more responsibility that we have to walk in the truth and do it the right way. It shouldn't be that way that our lives are not as consecrated to walk the things of God as people that aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have that much more power and ability. It's for everybody. Everybody say, it's for everybody. It's not for a handful. It's for everybody, but you have to have 
an understanding where you can receive that and have faith that it's real. You've got to believe in it. It won't just happen to you. You have to believe it. I'm just telling you, as the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you. And you know what? That Corinth church was a tongue-talking bunch to the point that they needed some instruction about how to tone it down a little bit at certain times. And it didn't have to be, you know, just, you know, tone it down. But then Paul says, but I thank God I pray in tongues more than you all. I thank God. I'll just say this. That wasn't a prideful statement that Paul made. And, and I'm just saying this. I don't know that I pray in tongues more than you do. But I'm grateful and thankful that I pray in tongues all day throughout the day. Not every minute of every day. But I can pray in tongues under my breath when I'm around someone else. I can be somewhere in a, I can be in a restaurant somewhere and I can be praying in tongues under my breath. I, I, I thank God that I can pray in tongues and be aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. I'm telling you, I need the help. No matter what comes my way, He is the helper and He's helping me. He's helping you. He is here to help us get through anything that we face. Amen? And where is that? It's within us coming out of us. As we, pray in, as we pray in other tongues. And the other verse says pretty much similar, John 7. On the last day, verse 37, John 7, 37. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. But this, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. They weren't saved yet. This wasn't going to happen until after they got saved. There wasn't going to be an endowment of power. There wasn't going to be a river flowing up out of them. Now, no ability to pray in other tongues until they got born again. And that's what he said right there. He confirmed what we've just been saying in this whole message. You must be born again, but then the experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just, a, it, 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 it's so simple, but yet it's a holy thing. And yet it's a simple thing. What did they do? I mean, it didn't take 28 verses to explain how they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He laid his hands on them, they received, and began to pray in other tongues. That's it. I'm telling you tonight, that's it. And I, I'm, I'm saying this to you. You need to believe this where you can share this with other people and you can lay hands on them and they start praying in other tongues.